we're reaching so many different people. Evangelism is something that's, that's part of God's message. Uh, in the Great Commission, he told the disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Uh, the, the idea of the saving message of Jesus is so important. He came to seek and save that which is lost. And what we've tried to do in the last couple of weeks as we put our lessons together, we try to look at, first of all, what this congregation is doing globally and how we are reaching people all over this planet. And we have almost daily contact from people just expressing their great thankfulness for the things we're doing. There are a lot of tools available to us, and we are trying to use them to the maximum to reach as many people as possible. In our lesson this morning, we talked about the local aspect. The idea of you and I not just thinking about the other side of the world, but across the street. And how we can be shiners of light. And how we can be the spreaders of salt among our families and other people. And different aspects of doing those things. And those are all very essential to do those things. In the book of Luke in chapter 12 and in verse 48, Jesus says, as he talked about the idea of our commitment to him and following him, he says, and from everyone who's been given much, much shall be required. And to whom they've entrusted much, of him they'll ask all the more. And I believe when these times are over, the God of heaven is going to look at this generation and say, you were able to do so much so easily. Pushing a button and we can send messages all over the planet. Do all kinds of things like that. Well, there's a third aspect of evangelism we haven't talked much about. Again, it's biblical. It's something that's very essential, something this church is a part of. And that is supporting preachers outside of the local congregation. You all support Jason. You all support me. But we also send money out overseas. And that's what we're going to talk about today. In just a moment, uh, Larry and Jimmy are going to talk about their personal experiences with one of the preachers that we are supporting overseas. At the end of their message, we're actually going to have a video, uh, a video discussion with Stefano, or Stefano, that's how you say it in Italy, Stefano, I knew him as Stefano, Carrazzo. We as a congregation are supporting him $800 a month, and we want you to understand who he is, to take a look at his work, and so we have a video that was, that was made between Jason and Nathan and Stefano describing his work. And we're going to play that here in just a moment. But just a couple of points of background as we think about the support of preachers. The Bible tells in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 18, For the scripture says you shall not muzzle the ox while he's threshing and the laborer is worthy of his wages. The Apostle Paul would say to the Corinthians, If we sowed spiritual things in you, is it too much if we should reap material things from you? That concept of helping somebody spread the gospel is a biblical concept. Paul would say in the book of Philippians, and you yourselves also know, Philippians, that the first preaching of the gospel, after I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me in a matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you send a gift more than once for my needs. At the very first chapter of that book, he says, in view of your participation in the gospel, the word participation is koinonia, the word we have for fellowship. And so what we're going to talk about this evening is the biblical pattern is to support a preacher directly. We don't support churches in evangelism. We don't send money to another church to send to a preacher. That's not the biblical pattern. The biblical pattern is to send it directly to the preacher. And so we're going to talk about Stefano Carrazza in the place of Rome, Italy, 4,800 miles from here. 
I first met him when I was in college many, many, many years ago. He's a courageous, energetic, great student, great friend. We've kept in touch through all these years, and he's doing incredible work. And your contribution, every Sunday when you put it in that basket, it's not just to keep the lights on in this building. It's not just to make sure we pay the water bill, but it's to do essential things like helping people overseas spread the gospel. And so I'm going to turn this over to these two guys, let them speak a little bit how they know Stefano, Stefano, and their connection to him, and then we're going to play the video. And at the very end, I'll come back and have a few more things to say. A few years ago, uh, Michelle Espinoza uh, was living in Italy, and we thought it'd be a good idea for Debbie and I and Jennifer to go over there and visit her. And uh, while we were over there, she was our tour guide. And by the way, if you ever want to go, she, she's, she can be hired out. Uh, did a great job. And we went to Rome. And at the church there, Stefano was the preacher. And we went there, and it's uh, very close to the Colosseum, very close to the Forum. And it is surrounded by Catholicism. And... When we were there, unfortunately, Stefano was sick, and I was really disappointed in that because I was looking forward to meeting him, but his great uncle, I believe that's who it was, was there, and he just enwrapped us in love. He took us under our wing. He showed us around. He showed us um, some commentaries that he was translating into Italian and just was very, very warm and cordial, and you couldn't ask for a better person to help you feel at home. He told me one story. After World War II, the church was meeting in his home, and the locals surrounded his home and threw stones at it. That's the the type of situation. He was one of the ones who started that church there in Rome, and he wanted to share that. Because he knew the difficulties that he has had in the past, and he knew that, you know, every church has difficulties. And I thought that, to me, showed that how courageous he was in spreading the Word of God. He, he never gave up. He kept on having the church meet there in his home. David Tomley is a, a preacher down in Tennessee, and he goes over there on a very regular basis. And every once in a while, I'll call David and say, how you do, and, you know, how's Stefano doing? And he'll give me updates because he sees them on a very regular basis. And the story I want to leave you with is when we were done worshiping God and uh, we were saying our goodbyes, I asked uh, his great uncle, can you recommend a good Italian restaurant? And he said, yes. And he told me the name, and of course I had no idea where it was, and he looked around, and one of the people at the congregation that was worshiping there was a taxi driver. And he mentioned it, brought him over here, and he said, okay, I want you to take these four people to this Italian restaurant and you don't charge any money. And he didn't. 
but I gave him a really, really, really big tip. So it was a very warm, inviting experience, very enjoyable, and I really think a lot of that congregation. Thanks, Larry. Um, for myself, um, emailed Stefano a few times right before COVID. Um, I'm in Italy for work once, twice, sometimes three times a year. And uh, <clears throat> COVID hit. And if you may recall, when COVID ended, um, when you came back into the U.S., you had to take a test 24 hours in advance. Um, so I was able to arrange a meeting. I flew back in. I was flying back into Rome, and I was flying out the next day. So, uh, so I met with uh, Stefano on a Saturday. Uh, I had to walk in. Well, had to walk in. Only pharmacies in, in Rome or only select pharmacies in Rome to get testing or any sort of pharmaceutical help. Only select ones are open on outside of Monday through Friday. So I walked in, and as you see behind me, if you want to know where everything is at, if you've ever seen the picture of the Colosseum, the church that's, uh, the, the, the building there that is scrolling in the background, if you ever look at the Colosseum, look over the left side of it, there's going to be a little bitty hill, and you're going to walk about uh, 15 minutes, may, maybe 20, and it's right in that area. Um, it is right next to a train station. It's in a residential area near a soccer field. Uh, a lot of traffic. <clears throat> there is sort of like a farmer's market and maybe even a flea market nearby. So you, you get a lot of traffic, um, just uh, residential traffic in the area. The building itself uh, that's scrolling behind holds about 80 people. I would say 80 is going to be a really, really full Sunday. They normally average uh, about, uh, about 45 people. Um, they do have a lot, you know, if you think about encouragement, and sometimes it's an easy thing for us to just think about, um, just even when we're here, but they have a tremendous number of U.S. visitors always at that, at that location. You know, so anytime you're taking a vacation or a holiday or anything like that, if you stop it and visit, even if we're doing that in the States, it's such an encouragement for everybody to see us, uh, to see us out there. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I would look at, uh, when I look at the church, um, it's about a story and a half uh, tall. Like I said, it averages about 45 people. And I would view it as very much what Roger described it. It's, I would call it a seedling. Um, and, and like Larry mentioned, um, it's, it's an area that's steeped, in, I think, in two battles. One that we face here, uh, but, but they have two. Uh, one is it's very steeped in Catholicism. Catholicism is all over the place. And it's embedded and it's ingrained in everyone that they have to have a conversation with. And that's a really big hurdle that they have to deal with in, in conversations. Uh, the second item is just apathy. And that's something that we deal with here is just apathy. You know, that's kind of the two balancing, I think, items that they deal with is people who just don't care or, two, or people who are, are really into Catholicism. Um, so as you think about those things, um, you know, Stefano, they do spend a lot of time translating documents and, uh, to, to help teach. And one thing you should take a lot of comfort in, um, it, it's... Man, it's, it's something that's so powerful that we don't even notice. It's just the, the support that we have. Um, I don't know if infrastructure is the right term, but all of the assets that we have, the ability to, to read a Bible, study materials, Bible class materials, you can hop online in the U.S. and you can find something that's usable for our Bible classes anywhere. That's not true over there. Um, and and they, they need help creating things like that in Italian. So a lot of time, a lot of calorie is spent just converting things from English generally to Italian. So if you had like our Bible classes completely in Italian, that would be incredibly helpful uh, for them. You know, and other things that, uh, you know, that they, that they work on there is really no different than us. Um, 
growing the numbers, everybody trying to get a little bit better. Um, uh, because, again, you know, it's <clears throat> that's one of the biggest things. Everybody there trying to get better and get better and b- get better. Uh, because every day before them, and this is something I think that, that I took away with, even though it's different, every day before them, they have something that shouts out the glory of God. They, they're, they're looking at the walls of Rome. They're going, he, uh, Stefano took me through the gate that Peter would have most likely have come through. And he's like, you know, I'm trying to get people to see this. And while I, we don't have the, the, the gates there in Rome or anything that, that are here before us, it was mentioned this morning, we have a beautiful country. I mean, this, we, we live in a beautiful land. And, you know, even though I may not have the gates of Rome, the thing I walked away with is I should be able to look up and see around me the power of God that's all around me and never, ever take that for granted. And it's something as simple as look at the blue sky. Isn't this wonderful? Look at God's creation. If you can get people to see that, then you can get them to see an awful lot of things. Uh, and with that, uh, there will be a video that's going to take over uh, here in just a moment. And uh, uh, we'll hopefully get Roger will have some final thoughts after, after that. Thanks.
take two months to explain it. And I knew this meat is easy meat. Eating meat is easy. No deal. Just take the two of pickles to the burger with corn or yogurt flavor and slow down the meat. And because Johnny was switching to a chauffeur, if we moved there, trying to establish a choice between eating a choice, the first species of eating about six months of pills. And my wife and I decided the choice chose some really crap people from the gym, looking humble in the huge one of pills to which we stayed three years there.
as a normal step with God. Just as with us, dear friends, for about this the reality of what God's problem. The problem can be seen or can be not seen, so every, everything is fine, but it's not fine. So when we name problem, institutionalism, and other wrong people come from, from so I found difficult for him to forgive. Now we are about to get it. I'm not too sure if I want uh, this preach or a big sermon. Did you, because when, when you preach the, the, the right and seriously way the gospel, the power of the gospel in itself forgives the, the spirit. And uh, sometimes we are not encouraging or even asking. This is a longer word. It is not a short conversion word. Sometimes it takes two, three, four years before uh, an answer is given. It takes before becoming a Christian. Anybody too much clear in your mind? No, 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 no. Stories that I know because of my father and mother and 
Hashem's wisdom to proclaim the power of the God. His name is God and His name God and His name. We are really trying to give ourselves first to give first to the Lord. Because this is the first goal that we have. And then to be worthy of your Well, there you go. We hope that was encouraging to you. Hope it gave you a lot to think about. That will be on our website, so if it's a little difficult for you to hear, you can go back and play it again. Lots of things come out of there. A lot of emotions, a lot of feelings. Um, what a blessing we have here. What a blessing we have in this congregation. What a blessing we have to be able to help somebody on the other side of the world. What a blessing we have in Jesus Christ. We all stand together for the one goal, and that's getting to heaven. In the book of Acts, in chapter 8, as we think about the story of Philip meeting the Ethiopian eunuch, Philip had been up in Samaria preaching, doing great works, but God called him away from that great work to go meet one person, because every soul is important to God. And as they rode along in that chariot, he asked him, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how could I unless someone guides me? And the Philip, the preacher, went through the scriptures and talked to him about Jesus. 
They came to water and says, what prevents me from being baptized? He asked them if he believed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. They stopped the chariot. They stopped the chariot because he had to be immersed, as the Bible teaches, for the remission of his sins. He was baptized. They never saw each other again. They went on their way rejoicing. The gospel message is the same whether we talk about in the first century in the book of Acts, whether we talk about on the other side of the planet like Rome, or we talk about across the street. It's the message that saves all of us. And I hope tonight as you get ready to peel your, your head, you can remember Stefano and just say a little prayer for him and the work there. He's doing a lot of work. The eldership here is completely committed to what he's doing. We believe so much in what he's doing. I don't know if it'll ever, ever be possible, but it'd be wonderful if someday we could bring him over here and you could meet him face to face. But again, you, by your contributions, have a wonderful part in helping that. You, by what you're doing, by your prayers, and by your support, are helping spread the gospel worldwide. That is the biblical pattern that this church believes in. And so as we end this evening, we're going to have the Lord's Supper here in just a moment, but we want to remind ourselves, if anyone among us needs to obey that gospel message of Jesus, it is the same in Rome, it is the same in the United States, it's same in 2023 as it was in the very first century when Peter first preached it in Acts chapter 2. To be in Christ, you must be baptized for remission of your sins, and then you need to grow and grow and commit yourselves to what God has. If we can help you in any way, won't you come as we stand, as we sing.